0: Hey guys welcome to another episode of the TLDR podcast. Uh, Luke and I jumped straight on to start the year and kind of talk a little bit about imposter syndrome, a bit about some consistency and maybe consistency being more important than quality especially in an an initial phase of starting a project and that's what we're coming into in this new year as well as some of the thoughts around genetics in sport and maybe a little bit of a discussion on the the COVID update over um, in SA and WA and seeing how it impacts different people if at all so tune in and uh as always be sure to share it with your friends and and give it a bit of a five-star rating hello hello hey mate happy new year
1: you too man how was it yeah very
0: good well i was just actually saying to um Zoe, this morning that it's crazy that we've only been out of prison for four full days, but it feels like we have done. So it doesn't feel like four days. It feels like two weeks already, which is right. just wild. So, yeah, New Year's was very low-key, very chill. It was just more obviously getting out, seeing people and that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's just been a crazy four days. I can't believe What have you been, been up to? Um, Thursday. Running. It's a, it's a blur. Yeah, I've done a couple of runs. Um, went for a bike ride, um, which I haven't. I've got a bike that Zoe's old man's given me or lent me. Um, and I think I've ridden it once, maybe twice before in well, in over a year because I haven't used it at all in the last year because I wasn't here. Um, yeah, went out and got on that, which was really good. A road bike, road bike, yeah, yeah, road bike, yeah, yeah sweet. Um, yeah, man. So just just don't really know. No, I caught up with some mates. Played golf yesterday, which was good. Um, saw a lot, like a lot of family catch ups, which was just really really nice. We had out. We normally we do a Christmas Eve dinner, so we had that on the thirtieth in the evening. Um, yesterday, just spent golf, then watching cricket with some mates, um, and then out to dinner with the folks today. Ran beach breakfast. Just fixed some reteak out the front. All today. That's- Catching, yeah, it's nine o'clock. Catching up with you. You're flying. Um, then catching up with my folks again. Then out for taking some of the leaders of the clubs uh, out for a few quiet ones. Uh, so we'll see how quiet they stay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so just kind of really, really jamming it all in in the, in the few days. Yeah, nice. How You're you there for you, another few weeks, right? Yeah, I'm here for at least another three, I think. So Yeah, sweet. Uh, be good. How's your news? Good
1: um had a few mates around and they invited a couple of mates and ended up being a good little group and it was a pretty late one 3 a.m i reckon i oh. knocked off yeah which for me is like i don't, usually don't see 10 p.m so yeah, okay. that's a pretty late one for me and now it's just the process of getting back into a good sleeping routine yeah he's going to bed at three now it's like i'm not tired really before 11 30 Mm-hmm. And in a couple of days' time I'm back up at 4 a.m. So I have to really reel it back in the next couple of days and try and get into a bit more of a, a routine, a normal habit. yeah for sure habit. What it's have you been doing hurt.
0: over the past few days? Like it's in, in the new year. I've been lots recovering? of planning stuff. Planning? Yeah,
1: recovering. That was that was uh, the number one goal. The yeah. f- day uh the first of Jan was pretty rough. And I I basically just used my whoop to track all this stuff. Like yeah, yeah. I, I felt okay. I was up at eight. Um So off of like maybe like four and a half, five hours sleep, something like that. I felt okay. And then I went back to sleep and then I reckon the hangover hit me at like 2 p.m. Yeah, wow. And uh, yeah, I was a bit of a writer for the rest of the day after that. And then um, what's the date today? The third. So yesterday was just like a first birthday at the beach, which is so nice. Really nice weather Um, down Christie's. And besides that, lots of planning stuff. I'm still like I'm still pretty fired up for the rest of the year, doing the planning so you, for this periodization stuff and for the footy guys and their strength and conditioning programs and yeah, just trying to really create a lot of momentum early in the year here. Um, I'm kind of already getting some imposter syndrome. <laughs> you know yeah. Way? How do you uh, mean?
0: Like just in that, internally?
1: Yeah. Like nothing that nothing that I'm going to let me. It's not going to slow me down but it is just a feeling I kind of have to overcome. I think of like, this is just particularly with the YouTube,
0: mm-hmm. um, with explain, this new idea imposter of, syndrome before we get too far.
1: So for me, and I think generally most people kind of um, will experience the same kind of thing where you maybe feel like you're not worthy of being in this position or the content that you feel like you would put out wouldn't be any good basically mm-hmm. um that's kind of the feelings that i get but then i realized like having been in the fitness industry for a long time that most people don't know a lot of stuff so really anything that you put out is going to be beneficial to someone
0: yeah
1: um and it helps in that i my goals for the channel and for this is more so just in an intrinsic way for me mm-hmm. i'm doing it to like scratch the creative itch and using it as something that i'm going to stay consistent to rather than um rather than trying to reach a particular goal of x amount of listeners or subscribers or viewers or anything of the sorts like i'm just i'm putting something out there yeah for myself so i think that helps me a little bit kind of overcome that Mm. um because i've i've got those kinds of goals in place and not like desperate to have a million subscribers or a hundred thousand monthly listeners on here or like any of that kind of stuff. Um, I'm trying to grow it like pretty, I guess, organically. Like I'll still push it, but the, the outcome is completely different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. What Have you ever experienced anything? Oh uh, yeah. Like every day. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I just decide. yeah, exactly. You are what you surround yourself by. I think we've discussed this before where it's like, you know, the, the knowledge that we're around seems like you just said, it's like, oh, everyone, surely everyone knows all this. And so why am I special to share it? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, but not everyone does know. it um, And even if they do, they probably haven't heard it in a way that you want to elicit or enunciate. Um, and even if that is um, something that you're concerned about, you, me, whoever, the person, like you just say, your focus and your, your the outcome of this that you're trying to achieve is consistency of, achieving a target for yourself. So if you can always refer back to that, then you know that's that's an easy motivation as an example like this this platform here. It's you know there's nothing's new that you know we, we refer to a lot of other things and a lot of other people, podcasts, books, etc. You know, we're just um well for want of a better term, like a, a vessel of information. Like, you know, we've found out some stuff and we're talking about it basically. So right. I think imposter syndrome is 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 everywhere. Um, yeah, you definitely, I've definitely gone through it in the fitness industry, in a working space, in a leadership space, management, all that sort of stuff. And you, you if you, I kind of feel if you don't feel it, you might not even be in the right circles. Like if you're feeling like you're what you've got potentially is like you're feeling like an imposter. If you're not feeling that way, you might not be surrounding yourself with people who are bringing you up. If mm. You're always at the top of the game. And it's the case of where well, your average is being brought down by the people around you. So therefore you are being put on a pedal stool and it shouldn't be that. It should just be like, Hey, I've got some information. Yeah. Other people have it, but I'm just sharing it because I can, or this is my journey because I want to document it for X reason. Um, so if you can always refer back to that, I think you're pretty safe.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that I try and do is extract a lot out of any situation Whether it be like a job that I'm in, or the people that I'm around, or Mm. like I'm asking questions and I'm trying to figure out as much as I can about this thing, so I can be brought up to the average of the five people. Yeah, you know, what's that quote that you're the average of the five people we spend most time with? Yeah. Um. So if you're surrounding, as you say, just to kind of reiterate what you're saying, if you're surrounding yourself with people that you know aren't really providing you with a lot of maybe new information or even different ways of thinking, I think. I think any idea in a vacuum, as in if you are surrounded by people that have the same kind of ideologies, then really any idea is a pretty dangerous one because mm. then you're just like, you're getting this confirmation bias that this is the way you should think. And there's no, there's no pushback. Like there's no friction in the ideas that are coming yeah. up.
0: Yeah. Um, well, even going so down think- that, that YouTube space, like if you were to be, say, you say this is coming around that YouTube for yourself, imagine you're around the top five, the other four creators- that are like that you aspire to be imagine that that's your circle you'd feel imposter right. syndrome even more because, like well what do I have compared to them but that's because that's your circle who whose circle are you in that is just beneath that or whatever that is and people can feel you know feel information or, or gain knowledge from you in that regard so if you're if you're the the best of the five the other four creators well then yeah like you say confirmation bias it's just like yeah i'm doing a great job but maybe go find those other four that are miles ahead of you and go, cool, bring me up, bring me up, learn, educate. But you'll still feel imposter syndrome in that, in that world as well.
1: And I feel like because, and kind of, this is relevant to this as well, the podcast, in that we're probably like a little late to the party in a way. Like if there is like a perfect time to do something, what, what do they say? Podcast is like 10 years ago or 15 years ago or something. Oh, no idea. And YouTube is probably, well, however long ago, you know, like- we're, we're kind of late to the party, but I don't think that matters.
0: Um, well, I would actually completely, not completely disagree. I, I would, yeah. argue that point purely based on the fact that the, like you say, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The next best time is now. So potentially, yeah. If we had, if, if anyone had a created a podcast 20 years ago or 10 years ago, whatever the, the time frame you said, I can't, you can't guarantee it would have been successful it's only those that have stuck at it and grinded and, and made those thousand podcasts or 250 like Tim Ferriss, whatever he's done um, that have solidified that. But it's the ones that give up after a certain time period because they don't, you reap the benefits because they're doing it for those external gratification metrics, like 10,000, whatever, a million subscribers, blah, blah, blah. It's case of no, you just produce information. And at some point if that's what like for me, it's just, I like having a discussion with you every day when we're training And we were just like, let's chuck a microphone in front of us and see what happens. And I'm still going to have those conversations with you every day or every other week or whatever this is whilst we travel, whilst I travel. Um, So why would that stop in that regard? It would just be a case of, well, we've just decided that it's too hard. And as we can tell, we literally just log onto a computer and start chatting. It's really not that hard. So yeah. yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't I can't say I agree with the best time to create a YouTube channel was fifteen years ago and the best I like. It would have been potentially more stable if you had have done all x, y and Z things to get to this point. but if you didn't, it still wouldn't have been the best time. That's true.
1: that's true. And if you're I think one of the bigger things for me is if you're going to start something, and I've asked a few people about this that have, you know, created content before it's more about consistency than perfection. Yeah. So as long as you're consistent and you co- and the message is pretty consistent, then it doesn't matter if what you're putting out, there is perfect information or super, um, super polished, like really good infographics or um, you know, the, the ad copy is like really, really well structured and written as long as you're consistent and the information you're putting out there is legitimate, then that's all that matters really. Yeah. Those understand. other goals will, uh, will um, those other milestones will be ticked off eventually. Mm. I was talking to a good mate of mine, Luke, yesterday about it. And, uh, and he said, you'd be surprised with what consistency can get you in, that, in the YouTube space in that he's done some stuff. And I'm not sure exactly how many subscribers he's got, but I think it's in the, maybe like the five or six digits. Mm, and, uh, and he said it was just all about consistency and trial and error. That was his biggest thing. Is like, dude, just put stuff out there and fail the first few times or not be super, super stoked with how it looks or comes across or whatever. But that's kind of, that's the point, right? Is like, and that really resonated with me because that is the point for me. The point is to learn this new skill of sticking to something, not just like having it as a pipe dream and then letting it kind of fall away. Yeah. Um, So for me, that was like perfect. I'm like, okay, good. That gives me this kind of platform to use and start this thing and just have Mm -hmm. a go at it because that's all I'm doing it for like I'm in the position to be able to put information out there but also I've got the time to put into this kind of thing and who knows what could come from it so that's really inspiring which is why I'm still just like really fired up for this for this year yeah it's a big one
0: you mentioned just before we got onto this that uh you'd had a you've got a couple episodes or an episode ready to go tomorrow
1: uh today sorry yeah so yesterday we had um some technical difficulties with an sd card as as uh technology always seems to have some kind of issue yeah so today's the day yeah so episode one is going to be just a bit of an intro what my training background is and what my goals are and what i'm looking to get out for the next 12 months and and really just what i've said to you just then just like preface that this is something for me to just put information out there and, uh, and hopefully people can learn some stuff about periodization and how to program for themselves and what strength development looks like and running programming and that kind of thing. And, mm. and hopefully some people can follow the journey.
0: Yeah, unreal. You mentioned, I think in the last podcast that one of the biggest things to keep you um, consistent with producing content, et cetera, was being accountable to something. So I kind of wanted to lend out thoughts into that theme of accountability and um, why the human race Relies on either intrinsic or extrinsic motivation, yeah. Um, and then your sort of accountability around releasing YouTube for do you have do you have an end goal? Do you have a consistent timeline? You, you wish you wash between seven to ten days, or like, is it? Is there a case of I want to do X by X, or what's going to keep you accountable to that?
1: I think over the next twelve months, forty episodes would be the goal. Mm-hmm. So if that works out to be one every really like nine days or something like that yeah on average i think that's the goal and it could be more than that like i could do 150 in the next 363 days yeah um, or 362 days that we've got left of the year so yeah. as a minimum i would say one every 10 days yeah cool all varying length first couple are going to be you know around that kind of 10 minute mark some might be longer some might be shorter some will just be like little updates about how the week has gone and some will be like 45-minute rants about my program and how it has worked or hasn't worked or nuances or, or things that I had to change because of this reason or an injury or my general thoughts or whatever. So I would say one every 10 days, plus or minus, like probably more frequent than that, I would say.
0: Yeah, cool. And you mentioned um, last time that you wanted to do, uh, as I re-listened to it afterwards, you, you'd mentioned that you want to do all these fitness targets within a certain time frame. You actually mentioned between Christmas and new year, you're going to do it, which I think is a bit ambitious, but hey, see what happens. But then you fleshed it out to, oh, maybe I'll do one in June and then I'll do the other one in December. Had you kind of solidified when you're going to be hitting your goals or like, is it going to be within a certain specific time frame, or you just want to have accomplished it this year?
1: I think as long as I can build to a point where I can achieve one of these things, like let's say it's the 50K run, which is probably going to be one of the last things I do. But let's say mm-hmm. hypothetically in July, I'm feeling really good. And I go and run it with my mate, Sam, who's doing his 100K run, which I'm going to tag on the end and finish up in Adelaide Oval with him, which I'm really keen for. But if I'm feeling good, then I'll tick it off. And then the goal from there is to try and maintain that level of fitness whilst I'm bringing up my other stuff. So whether that's the 50K run and then I'm working on strength development across like the four main lifts and some Olympic Mm -hmm. lifting stuff, or if it's the other way around, build myself up in that strength and then try and build while I maintain strength, build to this 50k run goal over that mm. period. I haven't locked in any time frame to complete them as yet, but I feel like as long as I'm building myself up to that level of fitness and strength and maintaining that, it's basically the same thing as being able to do it at the same time. Yeah, you know, or within like a really short time frame. Um, you said it would probably be more. Uh, um, What word did you use? Like impressive, <laughs> impressive or inspiring if you can do it all within a short time frame?
0: Well, yeah, I think it, that would be more challenging for sure, obviously, because you've got to be having the right uh, training to be able to run 50Ks as well as doing, I think it was a sub 20 minute 5K. So your short distance pacing needs to be on point at the same, in the same two weeks that you're going to go on run 50Ks, in the same two weeks that you're going to, you know, double body back squat. Um, blah 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 blah. So, I think that is possibly, in my opinion, would be a little bit more rounded in terms of that phrase that you threw out of holistic athleticism. Um, not to say that it's not impressive to do a fifty k run, regardless of where you're at and all the other stuff. Um, but yeah, that was my. I think once we got off, uh, the call, it was that was kind of my maybe my thought there.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree.
0: I know you love a challenge. <laughs> the
1: thing, the thing, the thing I have to do for myself is I'm extremely ambitious. Mm. So I I put these things out there, and then I it's
0: like an afterthought. I'm like, oh, maybe actually that was a stupid thing to say. <laughs> or I don't, think, I don't think it's unachievable. I think if you can train mm. that way, I think that's a like in a two week time period. Go cool. I've got ten challenges. I've got fourteen days. And I need to True. tick them off. And you could approach it in a case of like, yeah, day one is deadlifts. Sweet. That's all you need to do. Day two is bench. Day three is back squat. Then you do your, your ollies on the Thursday. And you've still got 10 days to do five things or whatever it was. So then you can mm. break it up that way. Do your, your bike indoors on the erg on the Sunday. Your very last thing the following Sunday is the run. Nutrition would need to be on point. But I think it's achievable. Oh, it'd I think be so cool well. for you to go cool. Yeah. Four days ago, I went and ran a 20 minute 5k. And in four days, I'm going to run 50 k's unbroken. Okay, I'll do it. Because like, all I'm saying is like, you could go out tomorrow and go run your 20 minute 5k. Not the, like if you were trained, if you had that ability naturally, and yep. then go in eight months, go, yeah, I ran a 50k race and a 5k 20 minute 5k in the same year. Mm. I think more impressive in the two weeks. I don't know if anyone else has got their thoughts. Maybe just slide into our DMs and uh, let I us mean, know. Should should Luke do them all in two weeks or not? The answer is obvious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they should all be done on the same day. <laughs> same day. It's no, I, I, I like that. I like that. The last two weeks of December, I think, is when I'll have a real crack at all these things and really yeah. finalize the list over the next of the next little bit. Yeah. Um, but right now we've got to extrapolate mm-hmm. one. One times bodyweight snatch, one times bodyweight strict press, one point two five times bodyweight clean and jerk, one and a half times bodyweight bench press, two times back, uh, two times bodyweight back squat, two and a half times bodyweight deadlift, fifty k run, three k swim, and sub twenty minute five k run. In two
0: weeks, that's pretty good.
1: I think that's the whole list. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm not too far away from all of those things. The thing that is most daunting for me is the 50K run. Um, more so, the timing of that will obviously have to come last because I'm, You're I'm doing an week period. 100%. Recovery will yeah. be massive. Yeah. That's, I could definitely not start with that because my central nervous system would just be fried mm. after that. Like I remember what it was like after just running 30 and 50 is just another ball game. So, yeah, 100%. And, and considering the route that I've, plotted as well like the first 10 k's is like a 12 percent gradient it's gonna be pretty yeah, rough okay. um it's basically just like straight up montacute road yeah and uh, and then i let, just like follow the hill line across to Allgate, and then i turn around and run back so the last 10 k's is also <laughs> just really cold. downhill so yeah. i'll just be cruising down but it's gonna be a pretty it's gonna be a pretty tough course um but definitely achievable. So yeah, that'll come last. All the strength stuff, as you said, will come early on in that two-week period. And yeah, recovery, nutrition. I'm just gonna have to be eating like 5,000 calories a day
0: and drinking lots of water. And that'll that's be sweet. a good time around Christmas. That'll be easy.
1: Yeah, for sure. And my, <laughs> uh, I'm not too far away from all of those things. As I was just saying, like I'm probably that's really just increasing everything by about ten or fifteen percent.
0: Yeah, hence why the impressive thing would be to do it within a specific two week period for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and if you're ready, do it sooner. Six I mean, miles. yeah, why not?
1: <laughs> and that's the that's the that's the whole point of calling them milestones is that if I'm feeling good and I can tick them off sooner, then it's like, all right, well, I hit that 100 100 kilo clean and jerk. Let's aim for 105 by the end of the year, or 107 yeah. and a half by the end of the year. Yeah. So yeah, if I'm gonna tick them off sooner, then by all means, like I I always just want to aim for the next thing. So. Why would I do something that I can already do or Mm. already could have done six months ago? Yeah. The point is like a 10% increase in this first year might equate to like a, a a 5% increase the year after. And then a 3% increase the year after that. But as long as you're continually moving upwards in strength development, it's going to slow right down because I haven't done a lot of strength stuff in the last little bit, a 10 or 15% increase isn't really out of the question, but Mm -hmm. Once you get closer and closer to your absolute potential, it's going to slow right down to like kilos it, every year, like one or two kilos every year. Unless you're um, Lashatala Kedov, who just like snatched and beat his own snatch world record by 10 kilos or something at 235 kilograms yeah, or whatever eh? it was. Pretty wild. And I'm looking to just lift that just off the ground. 25 kilos lighter or yeah. <laughs> 35 kilos lighter. So he's throwing it over, over your head.
0: It's pretty crazy how, uh, what humans can do, man. It's mm, pretty wild. Big time. How, um, how's your, right? Have you ever started running? Have you started your training for this? I know we're three days into the year.
1: Yep. Yeah. I started, um, just after Christmas, I think, or maybe just before Christmas, where I was just going for some, some runs, basically. Mm-hmm. It was time off away from the gym. We'd, we'd just gone through a pretty heavy strength block and some testing stuff. And, and muscularly, I was pretty, pretty retired i was uh ready to just like take a week off or so and i did that so i was just getting out on the track and and just getting some k's in the legs to start nothing massive like everything Mm. under 10 k's um and and pushing a decent pace i guess i hadn't i checked my strava i hadn't ran for six months or at least hadn't logged a run for six months um all the running stuff would have been 400 meters or less in the gym group fitness environment so in terms of long distance running nothing for six months Mm. um but i felt okay like generally i was pretty tired after the run but that'll happen like it was a pretty um it was a pretty tough course the first half is like downhill but that means the second half is always uphill so it was a bit of a slog to get back home but
0: yeah
1: i was playing around with some cadence stuff and and found out what i feel like is a good cadence in terms of like my strike rate and my feet and yeah and smaller strides faster cadence felt so much nicer for me i could just yeah. like pedal off the earth rather than i think because I hadn't ran for six months, I kind of lost that that innate ability to just like run efficiently. Yeah, and okay. I felt like I was just like plodding around, and I just felt super heavy. So for the first few, it's just going to be trial and error, and just like figuring out, and and that'll vary depending on if it's a five k or a fifty k, I guess, or maybe mm-hmm. it won't. I'm not really sh- I'm not really sure if that will change a lot. Um, but yeah, the first few are just trial and error, and I feel I feel like okay. yeah, yeah. Pretty Have good. you
0: done much this? Have you done anything this year?
1: I'm I'm training, I'm doing strength stuff today. Yep. So I've got snatch and deadlift today, which would be interesting to see because I haven't snatched for longer than six months. Definitely longer than six months. Um, just with a shoulder injury and stuff. But that's kind of the point, is to just lean into this thing and and really work on my rehab and my prehab stuff um for all my weak areas, which are generally shoulders and midline and glutes and hamstrings generally. So as long as I can really knuckle into some into some good programming for that, then yeah, sky's the limit. I think I'll, I'll definitely tick these things off by the end of the year. Sick, sure. man.
0: So good. Um, how's How it? Are you I've, feeling fit? Yeah, man, I'm feeling really good. Went for, like I said, went for that run, went for a run day one of freedom. So Thursday 30th. Uh, and that was just a cruisy six k. Um, that was actually heavy, felt heavy, felt slow, all the things. Um, I find that I, I start really slow, so no matter what run I'm doing, my first one to two k is the slowest. So it's almost like I need to do a one two k warm up and then go cool. Now go for a run. Um, I'm getting to the age where I need to warm up and cool down, rather than just wake up and go, which is definitely eye opening. Um, but then, what yeah, does that I'm look saying, like? Sorry,
1: what does that look like for you as a like for a running warm up?
0: Uh, I actually do this like. So, Surprisingly, a 10 minute, uh, this little 10 minute flow of yoga movements that I'd found in ISO. Um, and there's one that's a bit longer. And I think for longer runs, I'll do a 20 minute run. Uh, sorry, a 20 minute warmer um, for those like, you know, upwards of 10, uh, it's really quite hip and hip, ankle, knee, mobilization and, and blood flow is kind of what I'm chasing. But then I think just the impact on the ground is your body won't get used to unless you run. So it would be like a 500 meter to a K run as a warm up. Set, stop, reset, cool, and then get into it. It's very, I find it quite hard to just go at my a comfortable pace from the get go. Like just like hit start on the watch and just bang sub four minute thirty Ks. Like I can run them for pretty like today was a 5K run at five about four minutes thirty, but my first K was five minute K just because like I just need to warm up into it build yeah um so I find that so that's going to be interesting and I find like it's interesting you said to do shorter strides for your cadence um I definitely found I find that that's a comfortable pace for me but I can only run a certain speed when I do that mm. my fastest 5k that in memory is like a 21 minute 5k and I felt like I was gliding I think I was just overstriding, and it was just like literally that that image that you get of not saying i'm elite but the elite runners where it's just like a big reach out the hamstring and glute pull through straight leg like cyclical motion rather than that little like trudging kind of step doggy paddle Um, i found that to be a quicker much quicker pace and i actually felt in a groove when i was doing that for the five ish k's. so i'm not sure if that's going to work for half half marathon but um I'm curious, like when when I want to stride out, my fastest um, Cooper's desk was 3Ks. So like when I want to do that, it's not shorter strides quicker, it's longer strides quicker. Mm. Really reaching out and striking the ground kind of in front or not in front, like directly underneath you. So Yeah, that's true. Definitely like, and just like this morning's was great. Just woke up like, yep, go out, get it done. Felt like doing 4Ks, did five. Cruised home, went to the beach, had had a really good time. And then I'm away down south uh, from tomorrow. So for me, that'll just be probably we're away for five days, four nights. So we try and get three runs in there um, just to keep the body moving. Nothing, if it's short, my, my goal is when I'm sub five, six Ks is to run overpaced. So four minutes 30 or less. And when it's sort of, if I'm running five to 10, try and run it about Race pace, 445. And then it's if it's above that, just like in this building phase, if it's above that, maybe some zone two training. So cool. I just need to go and get 12 to 18 Ks in the legs. If I walk some of it, great. If I want to I feel good and I can run quick, great. It's just more about just getting that in into the legs, which is why I jump on the bike, because it's like cool. If I need to get my heart rate consistently uh, at a consistent heart rate for two hours or an hour and 40 minutes a lot easier on a bike less impact on the legs i'm yeah. gonna call let's test the heart for a consistent like for that time period to train it at working for that amount of time without putting the load through the body
1: what heart rate do you usually sit at when you're running like a 5k or a 10k it's
0: a good question um i would Well, 10k i haven't done a 10k in a very long time i can definitely find out my 5k from this morning um i think i was definitely increased towards the end because i was like oh i can actually i'm always i'm a sucker for like a a stat like i'm a sucker for trying to get i don't know why my Garmin is not letting me into it um if i could get you know oh if i can run this next k in like four minutes 15 that means my total time will be at x kind of thing so (laughs) yeah i do enjoy that um is not letting me sign in I, i think i'm around about zone four between zone I on Thursday it was zone three, just chilled in zone three uh, for five minute case. And then on today was a, a bit higher in zone four.
1: So zone three is probably like 140 to 160 or. Yeah. about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So zone four, 160 to 175, 180. No, definitely. I
0: think my highest heart rate today was
1: 158. Okay. And that once well, was... it it's high, i yeah, just run right. hot. I think like I'll average 175 beats
0: yeah right at least, that's that's quite hard dude yeah maybe i'm
1: i don't know yeah i'm probably i'm burning fuel at a faster rate for sure with mm. a, with a higher heart rate but i feel like i just can't get it lower like at, when i ran that 30 my average was yeah would have been 160s for sure yep. mid yep. 160s which is still pretty hot like anything anything shorter than that it's faster for sure like mm. 175 beats I'll, I'll touch 190 at some point in the run, whether it's like an uphill effort or whether it's like the last little bit where I'm pushing for the finish or whatever, or just like general fatigue as my heart starts beating faster and faster to try and push blood around my body. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be in the 180s for most of it.
0: Yeah, wow. Okay. Mine, mine as a, I've got it up now, I actually got that wrong. My average was 160. My highest was, I peaked at 184. Yeah, well, there you go. And that, and that, like my heart rate there is literally just a gradual incline. Yeah. Like it's not as obviously as you fatigue, it's going to go up. But like, how can I? My goal is to like, no, nah, I want to keep it. So I've got to, like, it's that whole zone two training style or math training, film after tone, um, trying to ensure you can teach your body to maintain a pace and maintain a heart rate, mm. basically. Um, and ideally, the lower that gets, the harder you can work.
1: Yeah, that's true. I'd be interested to see they just broke the 5k world record. You said that? Yeah, right.
0: What's that like five minutes? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, what was it? Uh, oh man, I'll have to find it. It was around the 13 minute mark. Yeah, okay. Um 12 which is minutes pretty 35.
0: There we go. What was it? 12 minutes 35.
1: Oh my god, that's
0: that's that's nice, eh? Yeah, that's pretty wild.
1: What's the what's the pace calculation for that?
0: Oh, you're testing my quick math there. Uh, um pace two. i don't know i think you're what you're looking at two minutes two minutes 30 pretty much bang on at 12 and a half minutes two minutes 30 that's wild
1: dude i think i
0: sprinted i I saw on one of my runs i was like sprinting one one of my last little bits after of a a decent distance and it was like three minutes something three minutes 40 and i'm like yeah i'm fucking rapid and it's just like no (laughs) nowhere near eh? that yeah nowhere near
1: it I went down a bit of a. I saw that this morning, and I uh, went down a bit of a rabbit hole of of looking up all these athletes that were on there, and they're all like, they're built to run, dude. Like, oh yeah, um, you know, they're like yeah. six four or something, probably weigh like seventy kilos. They're tiny. Mm. They're all hamstrings and calves, mm. and uh, and there's like no upper body, but they're elite at that thing. Like that's what people think that you can at some. I would love to know what your thoughts are, but basically, at some point in my. In my mind at least, at some point you need to be genetically blessed to reach those pinnacles of like elite sport, elite running, or especially running for whatever reason, or anything that's track and field basically. You need to be built like that. Like you're not gonna find like you and I aren't going to be able to compete with people like that.
0: I would I would say to oh, I'm not sure. Like to be the the very 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 best, like the top of the top. I don't know if genetics is it, but like yeah, there's something different about those people. But to be able to compete with them, I don't think you need the genetics. Mm. As Not as even example, the top like
1: point zero one percent. No, there's
0: a there's an Aussie guy that was doing the five k in the in the Olympics, who like I, you know that in terms of regional um, differences, because I think I'm gonna get I'm gonna butcher this. But some of the long distance, like there was a research article, I actually think it was in a book I recently gave away called The Sports Gene, um, which is a really good book. Uh, and it was like the, the which is, speaks on exactly this topic, actually, and I haven't read it for probably 15 years. But um, basically, the I think it's the Kenyans who are all the, the long distance world record holders or something like that. Yeah, in Kenya.
1: The Kalenjin tribe in Kenya?
0: Yeah. So so part of the reason for that, if I've got this right, and forgive me if I don't, is because they were basically where, say their region is like as big as Adelaide, but there's only one school. And so they would have had to all run 10Ks every day to school. There's no transport, so they run or walk to school. So it's not necessarily genetic. It's literally that they are running 20Ks a day from... The moment they're at school, or mm. walking, or whatever it is, so everyone would just travel over that distance, and then you just get more and more efficient over time and over time and over time. also it was something along those lines. So when it comes down to yes yeah, sure, or genetics, there's some of that that can't that it's it's trained or it's innate from the beginning. So I wouldn't say it's specifically a gene, or you're born with it. I would say you hone it from a young age. As an example, like Tiger Woods started playing from three years old.
1: Yeah, that, that definitely makes that's not genetic. Makes. It-
0: big difference it's not genetic yeah. it's just like no well, he's been doing he's had his ten thousand hours by the time he was six mm. um or something you know those which is why you know so many um parents try and get their kids into sport from a young age it's like yep. you know you need to be at this in this and doing this at, at an elite level or whatever it is and it's that's where the hard work and yeah working in those hard times is going to breed excellence i would i would argue it's not necessarily the gene it's the situations that they put themselves in and then the Continuous training and momentum that they they build over time. So, but so that by the time they're like by the time say he's eight, I can't remember when um, Tiger Woods debuted, but if he started at three and say he debuted at eighteen, which I think it was before then in the PGA tour, it like that's fifteen years of training. I don't think I've done fifteen years of training at anything. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, apart from maybe well, definitely talking, and I'm still trying to work on my communication skills. So you know what I mean? Like, it's sure. Um, I wouldn't say it's genetic. I would say it's situational training um, for for a lot of it.
1: I I saw a really good uh, YouTube video on this, actually. It was about the... The title is essentially Are Athletes Actually Getting Better? Because world records get broken constantly. Yeah, I think I saw this. Have you seen this one? It's a TED Talk, I think. And the dude... The, the dude talks about it and he talks about a bunch of different sports, like the NBA, for example, if you're a, if you're a seven footer in America right now, there's the, there's like a seven or a 14% chance you're in the NBA mm. right now, currently mm. if you're seven feet tall. So that's obviously like genetic, but then he goes into like swimming world records and all of the big, the big cliffs in decrease in times have come from technological advancements, not, not athletes actually getting better. So like the, the gutters on the outsides of the pools that let the water flow over so it doesn't create turbulence in the water. That was a big steep cliff in time coming down. Um, there were wetsuits. There was the flip turn. There was like a few really pivotal moments where big steeps in-, in uh...
0: Same in um, track events. Like they went from whatever it was, red grass to grass to whatever they use now to then the shoe mechanics- um, all that sort of stuff. And yes, it's, a, it's an investment in the science to get better as an individual. And then even like, like you say, the, you know, the high jump, it the, the used to be the, the step over and now it's the Frosby flop or whatever it's called. It's, like, it's not necessarily that humans have gotten better. They've just innovated, um, whether it be into technology or into movement ability. Um, so the, we've always had the ability to do the things as, an, as, a, as a human race but the science hasn't been there to research to find out the most efficient way to do it. So, yeah, I, I did hear that. I did. I have, I have heard that similar, similar um, argument for sure. He talks
1: about the, the first marathon and how it took, it took, well, this is the, the first guy ever to run it apparently. Um, and he, and so many people have died from it trying to run the marathon early, mm-hmm. early days. And now, uh, and now people run them all the time, just like, like crazy. you're going to run a half and I'll I'll run one this year. And, you know, people just kind of do it for fun now. So I think there's a level of like understanding and training as well, which makes a big difference. Like the knowledge side of things, not necessarily like I'm not genetically gifted to run. Um, but I think the training side of things, maybe or the nutrition or something, like something plays to the benefit of of everyday athletes now mm. that most people couldn't before. And maybe it's like, we're not like, I don't have to worry about really where my next meal comes from. Like I'm not in survival mode all the time. Like what people yeah. were like over the world wars or the great depression or the recession or whatever. So I think it's more accessible for more people now as well.
0: I think it's exactly that. Like it's, it, we're in, we're in a time period where people have the time to go and do these things because of, you know, all the advances in, in science and technology, whether it be around yeah nutrition and, you know, being able to, just go and buy food like you can you know when a lockdown or whatever happens like people just flood the shops because well that's our you know point of that's where we get our food which is you know in these packets and all this sort of stuff but you know in previous days it was like well I don't really have time to go and run a 42k you know run 42k is because I need to go and hunt this wolf and it's going to take me at least three days so I'll just walk it not recording my time because i need to feed my family like yeah like yeah and like say so even in the world wars it's like no one's really worried about their nutrition they're worried about staying alive true um so yeah like and that brings it back to the quality of life that we have uh, definitely here in australia but i think universally in at least first world countries where we've never been in such a situation where that's compromised in our lifetime apart from you know people might argue that COVID is that but i would argue that you know, the, we still have the ability to go to the shops. Like that's, that's, that's never been taken from us. So, yeah, I think, I think you're right. And I think that's why, you know, recreational health and fitness is at, it's at an all time peak, I feel like. Um, hopefully it continues to ride the wave and continue to becoming more and more part of everyday life because there's you know, massive and massive amounts of benefits to movement.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's everything for me and it's all I've been surrounded by since I was, I mean, when I started playing footy at five, that's all I've really cared about. And then once I started, mm. I made a career out of it once I was, I started my course when I was 17, finished it when I was 18, I think. Um, so at so, least for the last nine years. Yeah. Speaking
0: on that, actually, I haven't actually been in, you know, I left Adelaide just before all of the, the carnage that is being reported from over here's media that's happening over there. How is it going over there? In terms of what? The COVID, COVID, of COVID stuff. cases? Yeah, over. the thousands and thousands, and people are. Yeah, how's it all doing? Um, Anything changed? Probably not. No,
1: not on my part. I don't know. I try to not. Like, I knew that opening the borders for Christmas and stuff was really going to be the start of the next wave.
0: Mm.
1: Um, I'm not sure how much Omicron we've got or. Well, not even like, you don't need
0: to know, not necessarily like, are you aware of it, but like, has it, has it impacted you at all? Has it, is it stopping you or forcing you to do anything or? I try to not, I try to be
1: safe because I have to go back to work Yeah, and, and working and running and owning a gym is, I mean, it's probably, I mean, it's really safe because we are going through lots of like cleaning protocol and we've got entering and exit strategies and, Mm. and and all of that but if I get it or if I even have to isolate then that's like you know that's seven days of no work so I've tried to be really safe in that respect and yeah um and I think I've been lucky thus far because a lot of my mates have got it a lot of people I know have got it but otherwise it hasn't really changed a lot to be honest like if anything the first lockdown for me was like the start of this momentum thing you know for the last couple of years I was like okay now I've I can't be at the mercy of something like this happening again and i think mm-hmm. i said I spoke on this in one of our first couple of episodes but i can't be at the mercy of something like this so i have to change what i'm doing and this is yeah. way before i own the gym or any of that stuff and i was just working for someone else and and trading my time for money so yeah i think i've set myself up now to not be affected by that kind of stuff and if anything it's actually benefited me because I have more time to do stuff like this and work on passion projects and start a podcast. And hopefully this YouTube will take off and, and train a lot and set myself these massive goals. Whereas people that work 40 hours a week plus like, and have to look after kids and have all these responsibilities and stuff. It's I can see why it's very hard to get the motivation to do stuff like that. But I've done it since I was, 17 or 18 and i've always been surrounded by movement so for me it's just like i can't imagine i say every week i think at least but i can't imagine not exercising like for me it's just the most staple thing in my life like if yeah. anything else everything else can change in my life but that is the one thing that we'll just maintain mm. whether it's like going for a run or lifting weights or whatever like i just can't imagine not having that it's so so weird to me
0: yeah yeah for sure so nothing's really changed like you don't feel like there's a big mass hysteria around um, what's going on in Adelaide at the moment. I'm like purely from the perspective of, I don't feel that there would be, but um, I'm sitting in a state that freaks out when there's one case and I'm just, maybe there's people that are listening from this side of the border that might just be a little bit less concerned. Should you share that it's not really all they're saying it is? Or I don't
1: know. I mean, I haven't seen any change to be honest, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm, because honestly i'm sick of it like, I'm, so, <laughs> I'm so sick of hearing about it that yeah, i just switch off from it and every time i hear the c word i just like just switch off Roll your so i'm probably not the best person way. to ask but yeah i i estimated we would have 10,000 cases the week after christmas mm. and i'm i'm not sure how many we had but we've had a couple of thousand the last few days yeah and uh but there's been no change like there's still toilet paper on the shelves which is the first thing to go <laughs> initially yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. i don't know if it's the same over there but it, that's so weird to me it's like this doesn't this doesn't like cause you to have diarrhea yeah. you know, you can't like <laughs> yeah. you don't have uncontrollable bowel movements through COVID like that was the it's pretty funny thing
0: yeah. I reckon maybe it's just all the people like they binge the alcohol and the alcohol causes the upset stomach and like this is the this is the COVID maybe they put potentially t- I don't really know
1: they uh, actually I was I was looking at the uh I was watching the tv we were in the we were in the cafe the other day and was watching the tv and the subtitles were on and and uh the premier was saying how there was a big decrease in case in uh, in testing on new year's day and uh and sure. i think that was like such a like people are like nah i'm just hung over it can't yeah. be COVID. Rah, rah, yeah. rah. and then all the test numbers and cases went up the next day oh which really was yesterday yeah, yeah. Okay. so yeah in in terms of to answer your question i haven't noticed any difference but i'm yeah. probably not the right person to ask because i'm just avoiding it as much as i can potentially
0: like that but but also if you don't if you don't look for it you won't see it so if, you, sure. if you're actively looking for changes and you're actively looking for how it's going to impact you you will see all the impacts but if you're like you know what i'm just going to motor on along with my life and um until it imp- obviously you can always be prepared for sure but like until it impacts me it's not um i'm not going to let it affect I let it affect my mental state until at such time that it affects my lifestyle uh, which i think maybe people over here could benefit from or, or whatever. But yeah, I think I know that a lot of people around my age and my friendship group are probably like, yeah, cool. Can we um, wrap this up now and get on, get on with it? And I think, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens in that. We're we're due due to open. We'll see what um, Mr. McGowan, I won't, I won't reference him with one of my pet names for him. Uh, (laughs) You know, if he changes his tune come February 5th, but we're due to open February 5th. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens with that hmm another month yeah well hey that, like i said that's kind of one of the reasons I'll, I'll hang around here until just before that time point this because who knows he might like he might take his little power trip and continue raining over this uh <laughs> this yeah this state that we call west australia um, yeah but we'll see we shall see mm. um so episode one out today on luke winrow on youtube
1: no, not today. No, filming oh. it today.
0: Oh, filming it today. I think um, it's out. I mean, today, possibly. Holidays. It depends.
1: Well, yeah. I'm still on holidays until Wednesday. So it'll be out before then, surely. Days. So surely. I could. Yeah, it'll be out by then for sure. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, um, um, maybe link the link your YouTube channel in the show description for um all those listening to kind of check it out and stay tuned. Sure. And um, if you definitely want to follow either of us on Strava, hopefully you know who we are and we can keep us accountable to our training and running and, and fitness goals. And um, we'll throw them back your way. I think the biggest thing about this time of year is everyone has the best intentions. Um, and I think one of the, the, the thoughts from last, last week's chat was around why, why would this year be any different? Um, everyone starts with the best intentions, but it's that consistency, as you mentioned before, that's going to get you there. Um, and those, arguments that you tell yourself or the reasons as to why it's getting too hard or no time or whatever is what stops you what stopped you last year and the year before and um, as both you and i have can probably attest to it's the best time to start the thing was 20 years ago and the next best time is right now so as long as you are doing it in 20 years time you're going to be a lot better off
1: that's it
0: just start that's it easy brother all right well good luck with your recording today i look forward to seeing your mug on youtube in the next couple of days um, hearing about these plans and um yeah, we'll chat again next week. Ludger, man. See you then. See you then.